Awesome. Awesome. You don't have to quit. How long can you go? Is that you guys don't know me yet? If you stay right there, if you don't mind, you guys don't know me yet, and I don't know you much yet. Uh, but the uh, is it okay if we maybe do do things a little different? No, now seriously, is it okay if we do something a little different? Uh, different for me, maybe even, uh, which I'm okay with. Uh, I think we'll teach some tonight, but I just felt uh, the weightiness uh, of the presence. Tonight, while we were in song, and I think uh, Pastor Tim was kind of tapping into a little bit of that as well, so we're not trying to just, well, we're not beating a dead horse, so that's, I guess that doesn't really fit. But I don't know about you, I'm not interested in just being in a room together, I'm interested in the glory of God, and I'm interested, I think there's something about this weekend that's been called a fresh encounter, and... We encounter God freshly all the time, right? I mean, we don't, we don't live in a day where manna falls and then we're like, you know how they weren't allowed to store up the manna? Well, luckily, we don't live in that day. So we got freshness all the time. And so there are times in the freshness of the new day that the breath of the Spirit is breathing in such a way that it moves us into another location. Can you hear that? And I heard the voice of the Lord just kind of talking to me a little bit about you guys when I was sitting up here. And I don't know what all these things may mean, but I'm just going to kind of go with this from the beginning and we'll see where the Holy Spirit navigates. Is that all right? We got Holy Ghost people in here? We got, all right, good deal. I know you don't know me yet. We're okay to talk back and forth. That'll work. Last time I was, well, I'll tell stories about me later. But I heard that, oh, before we do that, would the other musicians mind coming back? Would that be okay? Uh, And particularly, I don't know where you're at. I'm not a musician. I did a band, but I don't have a musical bone in my body. Uh, I'm not kidding. (laughs) All I can do is yell real loud, so it worked. But out in the, so I don't know where you are, but that last song you guys did and that guitar solo that Clay was playing right here, uh, I don't know if we can find our way back to that spot, but that would be pretty fantastic, and we'll just maybe hang out right there. But I heard my spirit tonight for a gateway. is that the heartbeat of Father, maybe perhaps out of this weekend, maybe even out of this particular moment. Come on, some of you are even sensing the glory, even increasing in this moment, the weightiness of Father. Come on, it's okay. That's good, isn't it? The heartbeat of Father is saying over this house that there is a settling and this was an interesting word for me that I hadn't really, that I hadn't really um, ever heard before about somewhere. But there's a knitting together. I don't normally use that kind of language, but the Spirit of God saying there's a knitting together in this house. Can anybody bear witness to this kind of thing? The, the Lord is saying that over this place there's a settling. 
In my heart, I see a settling of the dust. Does that make sense? How many of you know that kind of phrase, when the dust clears, we'll see how things are? In my hard way, I'm sensing what the Father's doing. There's a clearing of the dust. There's a wind that's blowing, that's moving the dust away, that's clearing out so that we can see what needs to be seen. Come on, somebody. So I don't know about you, but I just want to let the glory and the weight of Father's heart begin to saturate itself in here. Because the way I was sensing in, and again, I don't know you guys and you don't know me, so we're just kind of diving in this together. But the whole time we were doing music tonight, I just kept sensing there's an undercurrent that's ready for the lid to come off and there's ready to be an eruption. I just felt that underneath the surface, it's like it's... uh, it, may, it almost makes me think of even how a horse, when it's getting ready to, to break out in the race, is just banging against that gate, just banging and clanging against that gate and ready, just on the edge of waiting, just breathing, snorting with its knot. If you would just, come on, somebody open this gate, somebody open the gate, somebody open the gate. And then I remember the name of this place is called Gateway, and I thought, God, what is it that you're really wanting to open up into this region? What is it that you really want to use this house? What is it that you really want to use these people to open up into the earth and open up into the region? Do, do you recognize, and I'm sure you do, that your name Gateway is significant because the Lord wants to use this company of people to be an entryway into this region. Can you hear that? And there's something that the Father's heart is ready to manifest and release in you and release through you, but it's like it's sitting underneath of the surface. And what I felt from the Lord is, is if we're going to, uh, it's not that we're going to have an encounter, we are encountering. Can you hear? That's the adjustment. That's the adjustment you got to make in your mind. We're not looking for an encounter we're actually encountering and so you and I don't need to act like we're over here and we're trying to reach out to get to this some encounter over there that's always like it's just out of reach we're not after a carrot dangling in front of our face guys we're actually in Christ so we're actually ongoing encountering So tonight we make a shift in our thinking, we make an adjustment in our mind, because that which is, the only way I know how to communicate it is that which is under the surface is going to erupt when the reality becomes we're not trying to get to it, but we're actually already in it. So I felt like maybe these musicians just need to play for a few minutes, this is the way I saw it, who knows. But I just saw that when, and, that, and I just talked to Clay on the phone last night. As soon as, that's the only way I know his name. I walked in Pastor Tim's house and he hands me the phone and says, here's Clay, talk to him. Uh, hi, Clay, I'm Eric, how are you? I just walked in Tim's house, never been here before, never met anybody. How you doing? But when he's playing, there is something that the Spirit of God, well, you can feel it, and it's okay to respond to it. There's something that is releasing And I just saw and heard a sound emerging out of this house that rips the lid off of this thing that's erupting. So if you're okay with it and I'm okay with it, let's together move with the heartbeat of Father tonight. I want to see these musicians bring a serious crescendo to the sound that the Spirit's releasing in here. I want you to respond to it and move in it. I don't know how to tell you what it needs to look like. 
I don't know how to tell you what it needs to be. There's a sound that's emerging out of this place, and it's a gateway into this region. And so tonight, in the name of Jesus, out of the encounter we're having with you, we say, God, release that which is to be released. We say in the name of Jesus that that which has been bound up, that which has been being restricted, that which is being held back tonight in the name of Jesus finds its openness, finds its open place. Yeah, come on. Yeah, come on. We say in this house, there's a settling of the dust. There's a knitting together now for the new season that's at hand. There's a coming together. There's a, there's a mingling and a melting together for the season that's at hand. Eruption, eruption, eruption tonight in the name of Jesus, eruption. Come on, in your spirit, some of you are even now sensing that thing rising on the inside of you. You're sensing something that is emerging that you've known that's been under the surface for a while. And the Holy Spirit's like, boink, that's it right there. He's pointing at it and you know what I'm talking about because he's been talking to you about it. Because you're not trying to get to an encounter, you're living an encounter. We have our drummer back here, don't we? You guys are going to just, listen, I just flow with the ups and the downs. Listen, we're riding a wave. Can anyone hear the the scenario tonight is a sound wave? Tonight we're not riding dissonance, we're riding harmony with the tone and the sound that's coming from the heartbeat of Father. So musicians, this is your opportunity to flow and to move, to crescendo and decrescendo, to to move and to retard and to move with the sound that's flowing because it's uncapping a well out of this house. it. There's a wind. The wind is blowing away the dust. There's a settling in this house. Yeah, that's it. Come on. Come on, drummer. Come in and help us. Come on. There's something in the kick drum tone. I heard it earlier. It can sound maybe crazy at times, but the Holy Spirit highlights different instruments and different pieces at different times because it flows in different ways that moves and opens our hearts and opens our response. It allows our mind to center in. It causes the gateways of our hearts to open. There's sound the Lord releases from the throne and it flows like a river moving in waves and currents. And we say tonight there's a fresh current and a fresh wave. Come on, that's it. Come on, move with the waves and with the currents. We're encountering Father. We're encountering Jesus. We're encountering the Spirit. Come on, come on, that's it. Yeah. Come on, musicians, you're a part. You're a part of what's being released. 
That's it, go with it, go with it. That's it, go with it. Come on, don't be spectators. We're not watching, we're participating. Yeah, there it is. Come on, you can feel it, move with it. Come on, there's a cap coming off, ceiling's coming off, the lid's coming off. Come on. Come on. Come on, resistance, restriction. We say no to resistance. We say no to restriction. We say no to the gate that wants to stay closed. We'll not be, we'll not be capsulized. We'll not be held back. We won't be restricted. Come on, there's permission. I hear the Father saying there's permission. There's permission. Somebody dial into that guitar and that kick drum. He's talking to us. He's talking. It might not be in English, but he's speaking. For some of you, he's offending your mind right now in order to reach your heart. Some of you right now, he's offending your mind in order to reach your heart because he's speaking with the language of the heart that bypasses and surpasses the language of the mind. It's out of the issues, it is out of your heart from which the issues of life flow, not out of your comprehensive mind. So there's a place that we must be increasingly more comfortable living with the flow that's being released from the heart of Father through the heart of us that oftentimes goes way beyond our ability to comprehend or to cross the T's or dot the I's. Somebody become okay with being offended. Somebody become okay with it being outside the normal. Somebody become okay with it being outside the typical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on, your heart's opening. That's it. collectively 
is being knitted together as a gateway into this region. You were brought here on purpose to release a piece of the Father's heart. And that which has been restricting the flow of the Father's heart tonight comes to the place of His brokenness. We're just living in an encounter. We're not trying to get to something. We're not manufacturing something. We're simply moving with the encounter of who He is. Yeah, come on. Can you hear the undercurrents? Hear the undercurrents. Come on, feel the rhythms. Feel the rhythms. Harmonize with the sound. filled the temple.
there was a sound of many waters. The sound of yearning that's been in this house is being responded to with the sound of activation. I'll say it again, the sound of yearning that's been in this house is being responded to by the sound of activation. The hearts that have been here that have been in the place of yearning and seeking and desiring, I can't get past the word yearning, just the yearning for what there's to be, the yearning for what the reality is, the yearning for uh, the yearning for a clearer picture, a greater revelation. The yearning is being met with the sound of activation. Sound does something different than what light does. Light illuminates, but sound penetrates. Sound is penetrating tonight. Sound is penetrating tonight. It's going beyond illumination. It's going into penetration. That's it. That's it. Get comfortable in this kind of atmosphere. Be comfortable in the place, the flow of Father's heart. Spanish cadence or the Latin cadence and what the acoustic guitar is playing and it keeps immediately bringing to my mind uh, bullfighting. I haven't been able to put that together yet, but the picture I just saw was before the bullfights. There's uh, in Spain, there's that running of the bulls, right? Are you, you You know what I'm talking about? My first thought was, well, what in the world would that mean? Except to picture my mind of all those humans jammed in that street and those bulls running through and all those humans trying to run to get out of the way, right? And what I begin to see the picture of that is, is that the Spirit of God is like this bull this, that's barreling through this place in such ways that it's causing that which will uh, that which has not yet got out of the way to get out of the way can you hear it there's a there's a rumbling in the spirit if you will that there's a cadence that which is done like at the running of the bulls and that which has been trying to set up uh, its house if you will the bull uh, you, you can hear it this way we know that revelation says that the spirits around the throne of God one of them has the face of an ox or a bull the picture of the spirit of God moving through and clearing the way and clearing out that which has been trying to be restrictive even clearing out the things that man wants to put in place is being removed and being scattered out in front of us tonight I feel like saying olay I 
wish you knew how much I don't do this normally. Let me tell you about what I said a minute ago when I said that sound does something different than light. How many of you remember the occurrence in Scripture after the resurrection where the disciples were in the upper room hiding, right? And all of a sudden, Jesus appeared in their midst. The understanding of that picture of Jesus walking through the door or walking through the walls into that room. In other words, that which had Jesus barricaded out couldn't hold him out. (laughs) If we could think scientifically for a minute, which is a real strain for me because I'm not really that smart. But I am smart enough to realize that sound moves through walls. Light does not move through walls. If you went on the outside of these walls where these guys were jamming, you would hear the sound waves on the other side of the walls, right? But if there were no windows in here and the lights were on, you would still not have any light on the outside of these walls. So if you can see the prophetic imagery here, when Jesus entered the room that was locked and barricaded, Jesus did not enter as light, he entered as sound. Maybe we could try to use sci-fi language to say that Jesus morphed into sound waves and went through the wall. In other words, that says to us that in areas that work to restrict and keep Jesus out, it's not, it's not usually the best strategy to use light to get entrance, but to use sound. Because sound will go where light can't. And if we can keep pushing this a little further for us to understand what I said earlier, that he's speaking the language of the heart. Oftentimes in a way that offends our mind in order to get to our heart. We can kind of connect the dots and get a picture that oftentimes Father's utilizing sound to get to our heart while light is used to get to our mind. In my notes, I wrote it like this tonight. Fly. that we cannot have a fresh encounter without fresh revelation. As well as we cannot have fresh revelation without a fresh encounter. In other words, we've got to become more comfortable with letting our hearts shape our mind at the same time we allow our minds to shape our heart it's coexistence can you hear that it's not one or the other and unfortunately in history an era in a season called the enlightenment ultimately wrecked the voice of our heart and made prominent the voice of our mind Unfortunately, the Western civilization and Western culture is fully, almost totally developed 
from the philosophies of Plato, the Greek mindset, coupled with the Enlightenment era that has produced a Christianity that's head heavy and heart empty. We do not need to be a people that are heart heavy and head empty. But we're to be sons and daughters who are heart heavy and head heavy because it's coexistence. There is never intended to be a separation between the mind and the heart. There is never intended to be a separation from the heart and the mind. They were designed by the heartbeat of God for us to function fully together. We will only participate in the fullness of our design when we become comfortable with being able to move with our heart and move with our mind. So the encounter that we're having is an encounter that is challenging our mind to step backwards while it's challenging our hearts to step forward. Not so that one is out in front of the other, but so both of them find themselves parallel. Just for the record, I've never said any of those words before. But what's coming out of Father's heart in this hour is a flow from the river. The book of Revelation chapter 22 gives us a picture of a throne with a river that's flowing out from it and going down through the middle of the city and on either sides of this river are trees. I'll call them oaks of righteousness to parallel Isaiah 61. And on either side of this river are trees of life that are bringing forth fruit increasingly and ongoingly and bringing the leaves that heal the nations. In other words, that which is flowing, can you hear this? Move take the picture of eastern or take the picture of western Europe, monarchy, castle and throne. Get that out of your mind cuz that's not the way the kingdom of God's structured. Cuz you do know that Europe monarchy is not the kingdom. So looking at the European model of monarchy does not give us a picture of God's kingdom. The throne of God is not the same thing as the throne of a king in Europe. It's just prophetic imagery, guys. It's just prophetic imagery that tells us what a throne tells us. A throne always tells us that's the seat of authority. Right? It's the seat from which one rules. So you have to ask yourself, from where is God's seat of authority? You have to ask yourself, in other words, from where does God rule? Does God rule from his mind? Proverbs tells us to guard your heart, for from it flows the issue of life. 
the river of life flows from the heart. So Revelation 22 shows us the picture of the seat of his ruling with a river coming out of it. So what is the throne of God? So out of his heart is a flow that causes something stable, oak trees. Causes stability to emerge so that productivity can manifest and improvement or healing can happen. The question then becomes... What do you have stabilized in your life? How stable are your emotions? How stable is your mind? How stable is your marriage? How stable is your home, your family? How stable are finances? How stable is your community? And in particular, perhaps for this house tonight, out of the words that we heard earlier, what is settled here so that it's stable? The voice of the Lord saying there is a knitting together is a significant picture of something being stabilized. So from this throne, from this from his heart is a flow that brings that which is stable allowing fruit to come regularly and increasingly remember earlier when I first got up here and I made the statement we're not trying to get to an encounter but we're actually already in an encounter I hope you're holding that together because what I'm talking to you about Revelation 22 is not some future picture of something somewhere else. It's the reality of what we live in currently. For you and I live in the heart of Father. He holds us. He carries us in His heart. We're not trying to get to his heart. We've always and forever been there. And if I can be forward enough to say this to you, you can't do anything about it. The Father of Jesus Christ, who we see perfectly through Jesus never kicked you out of the house. I totally love in Mark 2 where Jesus has this encounter with Levi, the tax collector guy, right? This crazy sinner, bad dude. And Jesus walks up to Levi's house and he goes, where? in the house I love that the text says that he sat down at the table and reclined kicked his feet up like I dig it here 
totally comfortable within the wreck and the mess that makes everybody else uncomfortable. Jesus could have stood outside in the yard, maybe over at the street corner, said, Levi, I'm coming here to visit, but you're going to have to come out of that bunch of mess. I'm not walking up in there. You're going to have to come out here. I'm over here, Levi. Whoop. Over here. You know, and he might get like maybe some of us as parents do. And I said, now. I've got four kids, so I know how that works. Tim beat me, though, so I'll give him the high five. But there's, it's such, such a beautiful deal that Jesus came that we might know Father. So everything Jesus did and everything that Jesus said wasn't even about him. Jesus was pointing to Father the whole time. So when we see Jesus standing in front of Levi's house, we're seeing Father stand there. When we see Jesus walk into Levi's house, it's showing us that's the way Father is. When we see Jesus reclined at the table, kicking his feet up, totally comfortable. Didn't even make Levi clean the house up. Jesus walked right on in there to show us that's the way Father is. To show us Father's not afraid of your mess. Matter of fact, He's not even mad at you for it. He's not mad. Can I tell you something really amazing? He never was mad. He's got nothing but a big old awesome smile looking at you all the time, always had and always will. Why in the world when Jesus went down to the Jordan River and got baptized, did we hear this voice say from the heavens, this is my beloved son in whom I'm what? well pleased can I submit this to you Jesus didn't need to hear that that voice did not happen for Jesus benefit Jesus never one time lived under deception right he was sinless in other words he was deceptionless Jesus never one time struggled over rather father was pleased with him because Jesus never lived in deception See, because at its core, deception is wrong view of Father and wrong view of yourself. If you strip all deceptions all the way back to its core, what happened in the garden we see in Genesis 3 was the work of deception that got Adam and Eve to believe something incorrectly about God and something incorrectly about themselves. And out of that deception, they made choices to set themselves up as God. Therefore, unlocking shame and guilt in their life that drove them away from Father for the first time ever. So Jesus 
getting baptized in the Jordan did not need to hear the words, I'm pleased with you, for Jesus was never confused about that situation. So why did it happen? It wasn't for Jesus' benefit. It was for our benefit. Because everything, I can't say it strongly enough, everything that Jesus said and did and had happen was a revelation of Father. So the revelation we get at Jesus' baptism is a Father who is pleased. So you and I have to find a place in our hearts to embrace the reality of Father's pleasure towards us. And oftentimes deception is clamped down so hard through events or tragedies or traumas in life through words and deeds and actions. And then the next layer piled on top of that has been mostly a predominantly negative message of Christianity that piles guilt and shame and condemnation on top of our already deceived hearts. And most of us just learn to cope with it. And most of us just learn to live underneath that deception. And we come to church meetings week after week trying to just feel okay enough that perhaps maybe I did enough this week to make him happy with me. Maybe. Maybe I did. Maybe this whole week I made it without lying, so I guess maybe he'll... Betty's real happy. Maybe he'll bless me this week because I gave enough money. I prayed long enough. Man, I spent an hour and five minutes in the Bible this week instead of an hour. I know he's going to be happy with me now. And it's good. You should spend an hour in the Bible. You should spend a hundred hours in the Bible. You could that's not the point. You get it. But the reality is that most of us have such a grip of deception on us that it legitimately requires a supernatural awakening. Even living hearts, connect the dots, born again, living hearts need awakening. Because you can be born again and trapped in deception your whole existence. You can be born again and living as an orphan. I would submit that the majority of Christianity lives with an orphan nature. Because most of us have never encountered Father. We've only encountered Jesus and perhaps we've encountered Spirit. But Jesus and Spirit can't answer to our heart what only Father can answer. So the awakening that's happening in the earth is an awakening to the reality of the goodness of Father. 
And awakened hearts will then always advance into reformation. Because once you've been awakened, you see something you've never seen before. Now you've got to adjust and reform and reshape into something you've not yet been. Can you hear that? You've got to go from a worm into a caterpillar. You've got to be metanoia. I think it's the right, my metamorphosis is the English word. We've got to be transformed. Romans 12 tells us this, right? Don't be conformed any longer to the pattern. What's the pattern? The pattern ultimately is deception. Wrong view of God. Wrong view of yourself. So no longer be conformed. No longer be shaped by deception. But be transformed. It's the same word that happened to Jesus on the mountain of transfiguration. Jesus was totally transformed into something other than he was. You and I are to be transformed, transfigured into something we've not yet been. In other words, you and I and this house, can you hear me? I know it's probably getting a little long, but I need you to draw right in here on this. This house, maybe this is the picture I was having earlier. It's becoming clearer perhaps. This house has been in the place of a cocoon for a while. The cocoon is now falling off and falling away as something transfigured is now emerging and spreading its wings to be something other than it's been. My friend over in Easton, Maryland said it this way. She said, a butterfly has never called a worm with wings. Because the transformation brings a new identity. In this season of awakening, this bringing forth reformation, this bringing forth transfiguring, will then move us into the place of a renaissance where there's a new birthing in order to build into a brighter future. This whole situation of a new renaissance can be pictured in Revelation 21 with this picture of a cube. It's called in Scripture the New Jerusalem that is not a future reality but a present reality for the city is the bride. Who's married to Jesus? If not, come on, we can get married tonight. You don't have to wait. You're the bride of Christ. You're not a fiancé waiting to be married. Because if you're a fiancé waiting to be married, you have no name authority. You can't even pray in Jesus' name. How dare you be intimate with Jesus if you're not married to Him? We are the bride of who? The bride of Christ. The city, the new Jerusalem that's present in the earth now, that has this river flowing from the heart of God, bringing forth 
It's oaks of righteousness with fruit and leaves that cause things to be healed and to be better. It causes, Isaiah 61, ruined cities to be rebuilt. It causes beauty to emerge out of ashes. And this renaissance is pictured in this new Jerusalem as a cube. John was prophetically told to go measure this city. And it was the same width, has the same height, has the same depth. It was a cube. It was multi-dimensional because we have a multi-relational God. We know Him as the Trinity. And you and I and every human at our core is multi-relational. We're actually multi-dimensional beings. And at some point we have to change our thinking that we live separated when we actually live entwined. At some point we have to do away with dualism that has God and all His stuff parked over there and we have all of us and all of our stuff parked over here and we just wish we could get from our stuff over to His stuff some point that kind of thinking has to go away to the reality of the truth that we're not separated that's Greek theology Greek theology has Zeus and Thor parked over there and us humans down here Jesus didn't show us that what was Jesus called? Christmas is almost here, what was he called? Emmanuel, God with us ha <laughs> He is in us. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And we are in Him for everyone who is in Christ is now a new creation, transformed, transfigured, metamorphosis, caterpillar, butterfly. This renaissance pictured by a cube in Revelation 21 is at least three-dimensional, focused on goodness, beauty, and progress. And I've already spent all my time tonight, so I hope I'll get to find a place to share more of that over the next two sessions. Man, tonight really went different.
Maybe I'll say it this way. If you know that in your own heart there's a serious place that you know Father's saying there is a need of awakening. You know that there's places that need reformation. You know that you need an encounter with Father. Then can we be like even one more step out of the normal? Would you mind just standing up and joining me up front? Come on, we don't have to wait all night. Come on, squeeze on in, squeeze on in, it's fine. There's nothing I want more than for hearts to encounter the goodness of Father. And embrace the beauty of sonship. And experience the progress of glory. So I don't know what to do, but maybe if you're good with lifting your hands, just receive the Father is moving among us. The sense of unworthiness is leaving. See, only Father says that. You're my son in whom I'm well pleased. You're my daughter who I'm really happy with. A settledness is coming in your heart. Mom, breathe it in. We're living encounter. This is so not the time for you to try to do something to get from Him. This is so the place you sit down at His table and just receive from Him. Eat this bread and drink from this cup and be merry. This house is to be a hub of the Renaissance. This house is to be a gateway of the revelation of the goodness of Father, of the beauty of sonship and of the progress of glory. Caterpillars becoming butterflies. There's a knitting together. The gates of the stall are being opened. It's time to gallop at full speed. A 
doesn't mean hurry out front and try to manufacture and strive. It just means run in stride with the heartbeat of Father. Ride the waves of the sound flowing from his heart. Tonight, I just release over us the revelation of Father's goodness. Sound that's found its way into the barricaded areas of our heart. Sound that penetrated into the depths of us. Where Jesus goes on the inside and we don't even have to open the door for him. He gets on the inside and opens the door himself. (laughs) And releases out of us what we never knew was in there. Thank you for that, God. I don't know where Pastor Tim is, but I guess I'm done. Okay, this is going to be weird because I'm going to flip right out of the emotional heart into my brain. That's going to be okay. You're going to be okay with that. This was hard for me. I could hardly receive anything from you tonight because my brain was like, this music needs to stop before I can hear. And here's the picture I got. I got a picture of like a hurdle race. And like person after person was like running and like, not a hurdle, like a wall. And like some people, they jumped and they hit the wall and, they, and that's it. And the Lord was doing this tonight on purpose. He was offending us, me, on purpose because I'm out of balance, exactly like you were talking about. Head and heart out of balance. I was like, Lord, why would you offend me on purpose tonight? And he's like, this is what I do. And I said, immediately, I immediately was like, yes, this is why you preached in parables. You preached in parables so that only those who were desperately hunger and would go after it would get it. And so those who were like theological wine snobs, they'd be like, "Mm, I don't like it. It's not loud enough. It's too loud. There's not enough guitars. There's too many guitars. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so I just want you to know, like, like, I think this was, for me, God offending me tonight. He offended you, and you were the speaker. And so I just want to like pray into this thing a little bit more, if that's all right. God, I welcome you to, to keep this kind of, unco- this kind of, dis- I, yes, we say yes anyway. We say yes. You're saying you want to knit us together. How the heck are you going to knit us together if we keep getting offended at each other? How the heck are, we going to, are you going to knit us together when we're offended at the worship team? How the heck are you going to knit us together when we can't get over ourselves and see past the thing that we're irritated at to the heart of the one serving Jesus who's annoying us? How are you going to knit us together if we don't die to our sinful, selfish preferences and get on with it? 
So I welcome you tonight, God. I welcome you to do this surgery in my heart to where you can knit us together because we can get over ourselves and get on with Jesus. That's all I got to say. Amen, Lord. It's something I've been thinking about a lot um, in nature to what you just said, of offense, of condemnation, of how we look at each other those ways. And when we can say, Father, what is your heart towards that brother or sister, and get his perspective, then offense and condemnation can disappear. Matter of fact, they don't have to even take place. Because we see what their value, the created value and dignity is, what his design is for them from the beginning, and walk in that. And there is a place where we call a brother or sister up because they're walking in less than his best, but it's not with a heart of offense or condemnation. It's with the Father's heart from the very beginning. Anyone else? All right. Oh, yes, great. Shall I come to you? Here, hand her that. When we were in that, like, swirl of worship and talking, what the Lord brought to mind for me was Revelation chapter 4 and 5. And heaven is not a quiet place. It's not a cloud with a little harp with a little angel fluttering about. And I just kept seeing the picture of his throne room with the, the seven fires of flame, the seven spirits, which somebody has pictured them to me before as like tornadoes. Like they're like swirly, fiery, everything. And then there's a rainbow around the throne room. There's like sardius and jasper. There's all these colors. And then there's the, the living creatures who are blinded by his glory and his brightness. And they're, he's con- they're constantly seeing him in new revelation. And they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. So I don't know how many living creatures and angels and all that are there, but those four living creatures are making a lot of noise. They're constantly having new revelation of who is on the throne. And they're saying, holy, holy. Holy, holy. You have the 24 elders that are constantly sitting on their throne and then getting off their throne and throwing their crowns, saying, worthy is the lamb, worthy is the lamb. There is a lot of noise in heaven. It is a loud place, and it's a joyful place, and that's where sound sound pierces, like you were saying. So that's what I was getting in the midst of that. And um, I think that's all I'm going to say. guys up at uh, Creation Fest, but uh, when I noticed, I looked around the church, and I noticed something that just dwell on me, because we just did an outreach um, in York, PA, um, talking about diversity and unity in the church, as opposed to division, and I was pretty impressed looking around at the church and the church. 
Psalms 133 comes to mind. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil in the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron. Running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Now, if anyone has ever seen the difference between the two mountains, Hermon and Zion, Zion is dry and desolate has no life. Hermon is full of life because of the dew. So what our Lord is telling us is that he can make the dark and desolate full of life like Hermon by dwelling in unity. And it's, I'm honored to see that in your parents. Thanks, Linda. Well, I guess I'm going to talk because, uh, once Pastor Tim had the mic, I kept, God kept telling me to grab the mic, and I kept saying no. Now it's stuck in my hand, so I guess I got to roll with it. But uh, as uh, the speaker was talking and, and as the music was playing, I kept just praying and praying and praying. And I didn't really know what to pray for, so I just kept asking God to, just to show me. And he uh, showed me that we need to kind of shake the ground, make it open up and show the rest of the world uh, just how, how we act and how that, so that way we can be an example to them. And he, I kept just asking that uh, as, as we were praying and praising God that, uh, that his angels would just uh, continue to, to praise him as we are. And he, said, he told me that uh, they were playing their trumpets as loud as they could and, and just singing and, and just giving it their all as we were praising God. So that's just what I wanted to say. Um, for those, for those that know me closely know that I have like a weird thing with numbers. I love numbers and, um, I see three, three, three a lot. And, um, so while Eric was speaking and the worship music was playing, I just started in prayer with the Lord and it's kind of piggybacking on what I heard Deborah say a while ago or last week about, um, God covering us like snow. Well, it was interesting because what he was showing me was um, how his love is just so gentle on us like snow because if he just dumped it on us like all at once, it would like destroy me. But his love is not like that. It, it, It just like, it was just, I just had a picture of his huge snowflakes just coming down on us and how he wanted to leave us with a cooling with to cool us off and just a fresh you know how like when um you're outside in the snow and you have that fresh breath that you can like you feel like you can breathe again and I just feel like he wants us to be able to breathe again like he's tired of us holding our breath and gasping and fearing and fearing and fearing He's just telling us, just breathe again. Let my snow just fall down on your hearts, cover you, and go and be glorious and be clothed in me. And just just go and just be who I've called you to be. And the gematria of snow is 333, by the way. (laughs) The what? 
some of the things that you shared about this congregation, the sound going out. You all remember that, right, from Brian Connolly the first time? The sound going out because you always have to have someone to prepare the way of the Lord. So a sound has to go out, a cry, the John the Baptist cry. And then you talked also about um, the gateway, the, the, our name and this thing of, um, I can't remember how you said it, but I just kept saying to Carrie, this is the exact same prophetic word we've received at least one other time. And then there was, of course, the timely pieces of your word, the, t- uh, the dust settling and us being linked together. We've had a number of uh, really central people leave more recently or, or just people who are precious to us leave. And that it, it does feel to many of us probably that this is an unsettled time and we were wishing that it was over with so we would know who's going to stay and who's going to go and what's this going to look like and who are we going to be. Am I right? And so you were speaking right into some of those things, but you didn't really... I didn't moan last night to tell you all the stories, so you, don't, you didn't know. Nancy has a word. Looking at me like maybe we should we should end tonight so we can come back tomorrow. Is that what I'm seeing on the faces? All right. Should we be like the Catholics and have like a moment? The mass has ended. Go in peace. I always loved when they did that. I was like, I know it's over. I can go now. Love you guys.